Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven, though. And cats, well, they don't go to heaven. I'm sorry to Sister Weldon because she loves them. But cats, Sister Weldon, don't make it. You better love them while you can because they don't make the cut. It's easy to know where dogs spend eternity, though. Now that we've laughed a little bit, everybody doesn't go to heaven. I know we all want to believe and we all feel like everybody should go to heaven or will go to heaven because we're American and we should be all allowed to go to heaven because we all have equal rights. But everybody doesn't go to heaven. Not everybody who thinks they're going to heaven is going to heaven. That's the reality that we all face. Matthew chapter 7 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven does. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonderful things in your name? And then I will declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Because not everybody goes to heaven. This is an excerpt from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's really towards the end, this would be the altar call, this would be the every head bowed, every eye closed, or the stand with me, if you will, of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus draws his sermon to a close, he took the time to remind men of the seriousness of salvation. And I have come tonight to remind a few of us who didn't go on our weekend getaway that our salvation is serious. There was nothing more important in this life than you and I being saved. Blessings are great, and I want them. I want to be blessed. I want to have enough money in the bank to where I don't live paycheck to paycheck. But if I have to go without that and choose to be saved, I will forego the money so that I can be saved. If having to go without friends and do a lot of the things that I want to do means that I be saved, then I will find new friends and I will not go to some places because I want to be saved and I realize that everybody doesn't get to go to heaven. Matthew chapter 7 and 21, the the first verse that I just read to you says, Not everyone shall enter the kingdom of heaven. This verse is probably, it it probably is the most startling verse found in all of Scripture. Not everybody shall enter the kingdom 
of heaven. Translated, everybody don't go to heaven. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, everybody, look at your neighbor and say, everybody, don't go to heaven. Somebody needs to wake up in this church house tonight. (laughs) It's awful lonely with my two eyes looking at all y'all's eyes this evening. Some of y'all's eyes I'm not looking at. I'm looking at your eyelids. (laughs) Bless God. Y'all get that one tomorrow. Jesus was telling the people that day that there will be some people who will think they are saved but who are really lost and headed to a devil's hell. What Jesus is saying is just because you say you are a Christian does not make you a Christian. I can say I am a millionaire, but I am far from a millionaire. Some of you can say you are good looking and you will not go to heaven. (laughs) Professing Jesus to be your Savior does not save you. Can I get an amen? That's a good thing to profess, and every one of us in the room should profess that, but it does not save us. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ does not save you. It's a good thing to do, and it's the first thing that we must do, but that doesn't save us. Saying you know Jesus does not save you. Belonging to a church does not save you. Being a good person and doing good things, that don't save you either. Salvation comes only through being born again. And is anybody thankful that you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit? I'm thankful that when I was, I was just five years old, that's the first time I got the Holy Ghost, and I needed it a lot more times since then, and I'm thankful that I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, amen. I'm thankful that there's always been a time and a place in my life. I'm thankful there's always been an altar that I can go to and bend my knees and repent of my sins and be born again of the Spirit. I'm thankful that I was born again of the water and baptism, and every wrong thing I've done, every wrong word I've said, and every wrong thought my thinker has ever thought was washed away. Is anybody glad to be born again in the summer of 2016? John chapter 3 says this, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We must be a people who is born, who are born again. Nicodemus answered Jesus and said, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, answered and said unto him, most Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And if it took that in the book of Matthew, it takes that in 2016. We must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. But it didn't stop there. He wanted to say it a third time. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel 
marveled that I said to you, you must be born again. And let me tell this church tonight, you must be born again. I'm just simple enough and I'm practical enough to take it for what it's worth. Jesus said it three times, so that might mean three times a day I need to be born again. You you, You might be better than me, but probably three times a day isn't enough for me. I must crucify my flesh and I must put on the garment of righteousness and holiness and virtue. And the only way I can do that is to die to my sinful man and recognize that I am a failure at best and a loser at worst until the blood of Jesus Christ that I preached about this morning flows from a cross and over my life and then I can put on the garments of righteousness and then I can be a part of the body of Christ. We cannot be a part of the body of Christ. You are not a member of the church if you have not been born again of the water and of the spirit. Professing is great. Believing is great. But you got to be born of something. You got to be born of the water and of the spirit or you are not born again. I think it's clear that Jesus is saying we got to change our life. That's not good English, but we got to to do it. We have to turn our back to sin. Jesus told the woman at the well, go and sin no more. And that one sentence has echoed throughout the ages, even until today. We must go and sin no more. You might not have the same issues that the woman at the well had, but you got some issues that you must flee from and sin no more. The church must be a clean church and a holy church that is spotless and without blemish. And the only way that's going to happen is if we have his spirit living in us. Second Peter says this, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Why did Peter say that? Why, why were these words written? Why did this happen? I want to declare to you why we find these words in Scripture. It's because everybody won't go to heaven. But you better make your election sure so you can go to heaven. As for me and as for my house, house. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure my five get to heaven. My children are not yet at the age of accountability, and they will be soon, sooner than I wish. But until they are, I'm going to stay prayed up, and I'm going to stay saved up so that my children's name can be found in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to live right and do everything I know according to God's word so that everybody in my family can go to heaven. Is anybody determined to make heaven your home? We must make sure our election is sure. Is sure. We, must, uh, we, uh, uh, we must take action. We must align our life with God's word. Every thought that we have, every word that we say, every action that we act out, and every friend and conversation that we make, it better align with God's word. Otherwise, heaven will not be our home. Can I get an amen? 
See, I'm, I'm, I'm over halfway done. Chapter 7, verse 21. You know the verse that says not everybody's going to go to heaven. But he who does this, who does the will of my Father, is in heaven. He who does the will of God will be found in heaven. It's my desire to do the will of God. It's my desire to preach the will of God. It's my desire to be a husband that's patterned after the will of God. It is my desire for my name to be found in the Lamb's book of life. We can preach a lot of things and we can sing a lot of songs, but if our name is not found in the book of life, we've wasted our time. We can come to church and have a great program and organization, and I am a big proponent of that. But if God is not in the midst, we have wasted our time. If God comes back in the middle of a church service and somebody in the building didn't make it, we have wasted our time because I want to go to heaven. Could you give God a hand clap of praise this evening? So in just our everyday plain English, what the last half of that verse is saying is people are saved by doing the will of the Father. People are saved by submitting themselves to not their own will, but to the will of Jesus Christ. This does not mean we are saved by good works. It does not mean our actions save us. This is where a lot of people get confused, or rather this is where a lot of preachers choose to confuse a lot of people because it's easy believe. It's easy to just say we do good things and God saves us. Now, I believe that I believe that the church should do good things. If we are saved, we will do good things. But we are not saved by our works, and we are not saved by what we say and what we do. But we are only saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God or the gift of the Holy Spirit that he has given us. Amen. It is his gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We shouldn't get saved and boast about our righteousness. For if we boast of our righteousness and our goodness, the Spirit of God is no longer in us. But we recognize we are saved through faith and grace. We're saved by grace and in faith of Jesus Christ. The grace Grace of God saves us because we can never do enough good to save ourselves. Our faith and obedience to God's word activates his grace. Yes, yes, his mercies are new every morning, and, his, and grace defined as the unmerited favor of God. And the, and the only way that you and I can ever have the unmerited favor of God is when we put our faith in him, and our faith in him activates his grace towards us. Mercy is new every morning, but grace is only new if you put your faith in him. That's what modern Christianity doesn't like to teach, but we must have our faith in Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 verse 16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to have everlasting life. Acts chapter 16 verse 31 says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Two verses talk about believing. Believing is the first step 
step in realizing that there is a God in heaven. Believing is the first step in realizing that I am a wretched sinner and without his grace in my life, I will die a wretched sinner. Believing in God is a sign of faith. Everybody say faith. Believing is not a sign of salvation. Believing is not a sign of salvation. Let me say that again. In the world that we live in, our belief, uh, modern Christianity says, if you believe, you're saved. Scripture does not say that. I wish it were that easy. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, you believe that there is one God. You do well because you believe that. Even the demons believe and tremble. So even, so, so even the worst of the worst, Satan himself believes, but you will not find Satan nor his imps and demons in heaven. You will not find their names in the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because believing is the first step. Believing activates our faith and our faith activates his grace which leads us to relationship with him. So if merely believing in Christ saves us, then we will go to heaven with the rest of Satan's demons. I don't want to go to heaven with a bunch of devils and demons. I got to deal with enough of them in this earth. I got to deal with enough people that look like them and act like them that I don't want to go to heaven with people that act like them or look like them, much less go to heaven with the uh, with devils themselves. But I want to go to heaven, and the only way I will get there is if my life is pure. Peter preached a message very similar to the one I'm preaching tonight in the book of Acts chapter 2. Upon the conclusion of this message, he preached about the prophets. He preached about things that was prophesied in the Old Testament that had just happened just a few moments before and when he preached this at the end of his message people said now when they heard this they were cut to the heart they were pricked in their heart they were convicted I've got to do something I've got to change my life can't continue to go like it's going and said and they, and they, they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles there men and brethren what shall we do the same apostles that were saying believe on the Lord Jesus Christ were asked the question what do we do after we believe and Peter's response is the formula to being born again the only formula that we will find in scripture then Peter said unto them repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins not under the titles Father Son and Holy Spirit for that is just the title but you must be baptized in the name of Jesus and that name is Jesus I am a son I am a friend I am a husband and I am a daddy that is the titles but my name is Trent if my kids want something what do they do they call me by the name that they know me by daddy and sometimes they're getting cute and they call me by Trent and I have to ignore them but even more so when they say Trent that really gets my attention because they're supposed to call me daddy when we say the name of Jesus and we are baptized in the name of Jesus we are getting the attention attention of heaven and when we ask for forgiveness and we ask for our sins to be washed away scripture says that all of heaven rejoices this is the only plan of salvation 
I know that I'm preaching to the church here tonight, but we can't get it twisted or confused, and we can't try to change what Scripture says. This is the only formula for being born of the water and born of the Spirit that is talked about in the book of John, that is talked about in the books of Acts. You can find it in the book of Revelation. You can find it in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke. The only way that we are saved is by being baptized in the name of Jesus. But before that, we repent of our sins and we say, God, I am sorry for every wrong thing I have ever done. I am sorry for the time I lied. I'm, I'm sorry for the time I cheated. I'm sorry for the envious thoughts. I'm sorry for the I, I'm sorry for the lustful thoughts. I'm sorry for being greedy. I'm sorry for being a stinking human. I'm sorry. And God, without you, I'm going to die and burn in a devil's hell. So God, please come down to this moment right now and forgive me of my wicked ways. And when you forgive me, God, I'm going to give you my life and I'm going to turn my back to who I used to be and I'm going to walk towards who you are calling me to be. Does anybody want to be who God's calling you to be? Whatever he wants me to be, I'll be. Wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. Because I've turned my back to the old Trent. I turned my back to the sinner man. I turned my back to what I used to think and what I used to say. And now it's all about Jesus. What do you want me to say? And what do you want me to do? And how do you want me to see people? And how do you want me to love people? And how can I show people your goodness here on earth? That's what it takes. The first step is repentance. The second step is baptism in the name of Jesus. When you go down in that water... Every wrong thing that you've ever done or said, everything that you had just repented of, that's washed away from you. And Scripture says the Lord forgets that. It's washed as far as the east is from the west. The east and the west never meet. They never touch. Therefore, you never have to touch your past again. Therefore, it's forgiven. It's blotted out. And you are now a new creature in Christ. And the third step is when we speak in the heavenly language, when we speak in other tongues. The church folk like to call it when we get the Holy Ghost. I heard one fellow say, I caught the Holy Ghost. I never caught it. I'm thankful that it caught me. But when we speak in other tongues, all we do is we lift our hands and say, God, thank you for saving me. God, by faith, I believe you're going to save me. By faith, I believe, I believe that your redemptive process has already begun in my life. And I give you glory and I give you praise. And when you start saying things like that, pretty soon the tears are going to flow because you're happy. You're, you're not going to feel the weight of the old man. You won't feel the weight of the sinner man. You won't feel the weight of being the adulterer, of being the fornicator, of being the robber, and of being the thief. You won't feel that weight, but you will begin to feel something that you have never felt before. And you will lose control of that tongue, and that tongue will be able to say things that it has never said before. And what? is that that you speaking in another tongue that's God taking control of your life and that is the initial evidence of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit you see we must be born again because everybody doesn't go to heaven but this somebody is gonna go to heaven have you made up in your mind that you're gonna go to heaven have you made up in your mind that nothing here on this earth is worth missing heaven over if I gotta change I'm gonna change if I gotta be lonely I'm gonna be lonely because I'm going to a city where the lamb is 
is the light. I'm tired of pain and I'm tired of pressure. I'm tired of confusion and I'm tired of bitterness. I want to go to a city where the lamb is the light, where there's no more sorrow and there's no more hurting. It's just dancing on streets of gold with my Savior for eternity. Could you give God praise this evening if that's your intentions? Hallelujah! This is the only plan of salvation. Everybody say the only plan. This is the only plan. Believing requires action. And Acts 2.38 is putting the action to your belief. Or or I'll say it like James chapter 2 says it. Faith without works is dead. In other words, simply believing without action is dead. But when I believe, my faith is going to be activated. And that faith is going to activate the grace of God which is going to activate forgiveness, which is going to activate me to be baptized in Jesus' name, which is going to activate his spirit to to live in my life, which is the evidence of me speaking in other tongues because, all because I got activated. Simply believing without action is dead. Stand with me this evening. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Uh, I wish the church was here. I wish it wasn't just the faithful four. I wish the church was here tonight. Uh, God's going to do something. I I don't care if it is a Sunday night in summer. God is going to do something in the room tonight. Now, I recognize that everybody might not go to heaven and that's, that's a sad thing, but it's something that I cannot change. But what I can change is that I go to heaven. And I am determined that I make heaven my home. I am determined to lead you. I am determined to guide you. I am determined to lead my wife and my beautiful children to a place called heaven. My election is sure tonight. I wonder if yours is sure. I will submit my life to God's word. Will you submit your life to God's word. I just believe tonight that there's hungry people in the room, and I believe you might have already been filled with the Holy Ghost, but tonight you can get refilled with the Holy Ghost. You may have never been filled with the Holy Ghost like what I'm talking about tonight, but you can get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same fervor and passion that I live my life with, and you see before you tonight, you can have in your life. You might not ever stand on a stage and preach and holler and spit and sweat like a crazy man like I do, but you can go into your world and you can affect change. You can change the bondage of racism. You can change the bondage of depression and addiction. You can be the change that this world needs and wants and is so desperate for. I wish everybody would gather with me around the front.